Steve, you are coming live from West Lafayette in Indiana. I am exciting. I am heading to West Lafayette, Indiana within the next couple of days. Also excited. Why? Because there's football. I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited. Happy football season, everybody. It's finally here. Summer is basically over. Um, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. And Steve, today we are also joined by one of our favorite people in the world, Brian Tripp. Uh, we had a great interview with him. Um, he's he's such a pro. Like he he is such a pro. Um, and but he's also one of my favorite people to have a conversation with in this world. Um, we spent a decent chunk of time talking about his new gig, uh, which is related to kind of the whole overarching uh, Penn State sports media landscape where he's going to, you're going to be seeing them all at every sport, literally every sport that you all, all 30, what one of them uh, talking to coaches, players, I'm excited about it because I think there's nobody that works harder than Brian Tripp. And I think he's going to bring that energy that he brings to hockey and baseball and football to the other sports. And and you'll hear that from him here uh, during this interview. Um, so go ahead, kick back, relax, take a listen to that. And we'll, uh, we'll be back on the other side. Thanks. Steve, for now the, for now the second time in podcast history, at least our podcast history. We welcome in the voice of the Penn State men's hockey team and other voice sort of of other parts of Penn State athletics. Mr. Brian Tripp, is that your correct title? Voice sort of of other Penn State athletics? Yeah, I mean, that works. I don't really know that you described it the best way I've ever heard, but it was still a pretty impressive intro. But officially, on-air talent and feature content specialist, play-by-play for Penn State men's hockey, play-by-play for Penn State baseball, sideline reporter for Penn State football. But I I really did enjoy voice of hockey and other stuff. I mean, and I also appreciate the PG version of stuff. Yeah, no, it's a technical (laughs) term. That's why it's called stuff summer says and not (laughs) summer says. That's great. You know, so. (laughs) Mr. Tripp, how are you? How are you doing? We've got a lot to ask you. Um, I think the last time we checked in with you was pretty early on in our podcast days. We were talking about Penn State hockey at that point. I think we'll maybe discuss Penn State hockey briefly, but I think, as I mentioned, we will also want to pick your brain kind of on the Penn State football season, the your kind of new role. Um, I think that's the best way to, I feel like we'll be seeing and hearing a lot more Brian Tripp as I got a voicemail from you. Today, it wasn't from a personal call from Brian Tripp, but it was from Penn State Athletics. You and 90,000 um, others. Which apparently sources only... say he did in one take. <laughs> you should you should see the text messages that were flooding in around 2.30 this afternoon when the robocall went out. Were there 90,000 people that got the call? <laughs> well, it went out to all season ticket holders. So I guess every account, so probably not all 90,000, but however many accounts there are. I think it's 91,500 season tickets from what I understand. Yeah, I cannot conform, confirm or deny the number. I actually don't know the official number, uh, but it went out to everyone who has a number, a phone number in for a season ticket account. So they were all greeted by this message to make sure. And it is, if you had the previous version of the Penn State Athletics app, which <laughs> changed in late April of last year, you have to delete the app and re-download it so that way your mobile tickets work this year so there is a great importance to doing this before game day that's why we're trying to spread the word because you do not want to get to gate c and be in line and all of a sudden be turned away and miss opening kickoff well that that's important information thank you for that public service message brian trip you're welcome all right let's get after it um I'm, I'm correct that you have you have a new role within Penn State Athletics, correct? That is fair to say. Expanded role is probably a better way to, to put it. Is that, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, I think new and expanded are both uh, really good ways to put it. So um, obviously in the past, I think Penn State Athletics fans are familiar with the work of Tony Mancuso, Ariel Sargent, and Mitch Gerber, who did an incredible job and expanded the platforms and coverage and the way that 
content has grown. It's gone from writing and maybe blogs and a short video or a podcast to now such an array of different media sources that we're tapping into. And some things are 10 seconds, some things are a minute, and some videos or podcasts are still 20, 30 minutes. Um, my job is to provide assistance and produce feature content to cover all 31 of our athletics programs. Um, obviously already had my fingers dipping into a lot of those pots, um, but now that role has expanded. So I think it's a perfect way to put it, Darian. With that role, what are you most excited about? I know that's a broad question, but there's got to be something you're really looking forward to. No, I think it's a great question. And it may be a broad question, but I have a pretty specific answer. And that's getting to be around the teams, the student athletes, the coaches, uh, go out to their practices, games, cover their biggest events. Um, ever since I've gotten into sports broadcasting, the thing that drives me is seeing a live event. And it's been great to form relationships at Penn State with some of the legendary coaches in his or her respective sports and the great athletes and tell their stories and share their stories. Love that, but love going to the live events and being around and seeing a team practice and the lead up to a NCAA volleyball final four or a wrestling national championship or hockey or football, whatever. And to see it across so many, you know, we're really fortunate to have Charmerette Curtis with field hockey and to see Erica Dombach, who's a coach of the women's national team for women's soccer. And Jeff Cook was the big 10 coach of the year last year in men's soccer. Um, Russ Rose for a long time. Now Katie Schumacher, Cauley and James Frank. Like there's so many high level people and I'm a sports geek to see how they conduct their practices, to see how their teams prepare for games, to see in a game, how they handle certain situations. What's their demeanor like um, to me, that's fascinating to be around high level athletes and some of the very best competitions in collegiate athletics, um, that's the part that that easily answers your questionnaire. It's a broad question, uh, a fairly broad answer, but it's the games, the athletes, the people that going out and being able to document and share content from from their games and their stories. That's uh, that's the best part of it. I don't well, want to date. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Well, for them, you're you're the home guy. Like you're the the home team, the guy that they probably want to see. Does that make your job easier in any way? Um, I think. That's a great question. I think we have a lot more access than other people do. So part of my job is what can we provide our fans an exclusive look that other people can't with that access? What can we do that's innovative, that's insightful? Um, obviously, when we're telling stories, often thinking about how can this impact not only what kind of audience that we're going to generate, but everything that that we do from a, a video or a written or a content side contents, the buzzword, right? What that, that could directly impact a team's recruiting that could directly impact, you know, how fans perceive the team or attendance at a game and all that ultimately helps winning, right? They, these teams want to win their dread, their judge, their success in sports. Um, obviously at Penn state, you want to have a, a great, academic team you want to get a high gpa you want students to graduate and go on to great things whether it's in sports or outside of sports and have families and see that but um you know all these things play into i think a program success so that factors into the content that we produce as well so that's some of the things that you know if you're covering them for an outside media outlet you're not considering when you're generating these this content, but we also have that exclusive access. And I think it's what can you provide that other people can't that differentiates what we can do internally um, than what maybe other people can do. I don't want to date you, but you have been around Penn State for quite a while now. Um, I graduated in 2011 and okay. Uh, okay. stepped first on campus in the fall of 2007. Um, and really have been immersed in the athletics scene ever since. And with that immersion, I feel like you've definitely, and I know for a fact, you're, you're one of the most popular people on campus. I don't want to inflate your ego either, but I'm going to do that anyways. With that, how do you use those relationships that you've built to kind of do what you're talking about, where you kind of want to 
expand and, and provide the access? Have, have you tapped into that yet? Is that something you plan on tapping into? Um, is that one of the reasons why you're so excited about this role? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I appreciate the compliment. The audience can't see the eye roll that I had when you said I'm one of the most mm -hmm. popular people on campus. Mm -hmm. um, but as you know, in any profession, relationships are everything. Um, and I think having those relationships guarantees that you have the trust and respect of the coaches and athletes that you're interacting with on a daily basis right off the bat. Um, that opens up the avenue to push the envelope a little bit more. It also opens up the avenue for access. Um, they trust what you're going to do. They trust you're going to do a good job and represent not only the program, but Penn State Athletics and Penn State University in the right way. So I think that reputation is really important. That's something that um, you know I really worked hard on from day one, even back as a student. Um, try to go to practice, try to be seen, know that you care and you're passionate about all the programs and you want, you know, you want them to be successful. So my goal is never to make anything about me. That's just not how I am. I slightly, you were joking at the top of this about the robo call today. And uh, like that to me is a little embarrassing. The attention, your friends text me like, oh man, people are going to hear my name. I don't want my name in the robo call. Um, it's what, what I can do for them. I, I don't need any, any recognition. I think they appreciate that too. I hope they do. Um, but that that's always been one of the things that I've, I've strived to make it about the story, make it about the athlete, make it about the coaches, um, whether, you know, that's in my current role or broadcasting a game. And I, I like to think that no one's tuning in just to listen to Brian Tripp call hockey. They're tuning in because they want to hear Penn state hockey, um, you know, whatever it may be. But I do understand that some longevity does help in that situation. And it's certainly nice to hear words like you said. And I think that is beneficial. There's longevity in a way, but there's also, there's still a youthful enthusiasm. You're not, you know, he's, he's saying you've been here forever and I, compared to me, right? It's, 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 you're kind of in the middle, right? So yeah. there's that experience, but also when you come to it, you're, you're familiar with the people. How much work? is involved in terms of trying to be aware. Uh, I mean, all 31 aren't competing at the same time, but the fall can be a busy time. There's probably not a slow time in this role. So how do you prepare for that stuff? Knowing you know, football's the big thing, hockey's gonna be the other next big thing, but, but staying aware of the other 29 after that. Yeah, I think number one, prioritizing. Number two, having a schedule and looking ahead and making sure you're aware of what's coming up. And then you can't be at everything. That, that is impossible. You can't cover everything. You can't cover every story. But what can you do to let the programs that you're not going to be around on a daily basis, you want them to know that you're there. And if something comes up, you can be there. Or that even before their season starts, you're invested in what is going to happen. Um, so I think it's having an awareness that you can't be at everything, number one setting benchmarks up. We launched this camp classified series this year, and that at least establishes a presence with these programs. You go to their training, you go to their practice. That way the student athletes become familiar with you. The coaches become familiar with you. Um, and there's a comfort level that develops throughout the year where if something comes up, Hey, let's just quickly reach out. There's already that familiarity with the program and the team. Um, and you have those relationships built. Uh, but also for our audience, then I think it helps them become aware of everything else that's going on on campus. So you really need a calendar to map it out. Um, something that I'm really thrilled with that we've done here over the last couple of weeks is we started a live pregame show for some of our other sports. Um, we did it at women's volleyball. We're recording this on August 29th on Friday. So the 26th, we did this live pregame show and that's something that had never been done before. And you know, you have the lights up, you're on the track and people are walking by and taking pictures and it just makes that event. Yeah, we're not going to do it at every match. It's impossible, but it makes that event that day. It really heightens the awareness of the game, the match, whatever it may be. But I think it also you hope that the student athletes and coaches 
feel special, right? You, you want to make sure that they're aware that you care and, and you're passionate about your program. So I think things like that help tell that story and help to show that that you're passionate and you are aware that everything is going on. Everyone on this campus recognizes the importance of football and football without football, we all wouldn't be here, um, but that you still do have time to carve out and, and give them the respect that they deserve because they're putting in the same amount of hours as Sean Clifford is on, uh, on any given week. With the content that you are creating for across all your channels that you're creating for how much of it is kind of your doing and say, you know, of, Hey, I'm going to do this. Let's test this out. Like the, the live video thing, or how much is it kind of, you know, working with your team and what does, you know, what does your team kind of look like on this? Or are you a one man band here? Uh, I think everything's collaborative. We're really fortunate to have a, a great video department. Um, there are certainly things that I'll take my camera, my microphone, go shoot, edit. Um, it's really important. I know Steve and I have talked about this before to have a variety of skill sets. Uh, you can't be one dimensional in today's media industry, um, but there are certain projects that are going to be more collaborative and you're working with the folks in strategic communications to identify stories. You're working with uh, the video team or our engineer or you know whoever it may be to help put the pieces in place to do that. And sometimes I strictly am just the guy on the camera talking and um, doing that. So that to me is, is fine, um, but I also like to think that I can be pretty self-sufficient too. Uh, so I think it's a mix of it. Um, and, and that's probably the best way to be successful in this role is to have a diversity in what you can do on your own, but also, you know, working as a team with the other people. Um, so I, I think it's more, you know, I'm the only content person with the on-air title with on-air feature content specialists. We have some students that are going to be working with us, um, but you're working with the folks that handle social media, the folks that make graphics and creative services. I don't have to make a graphic. I can tweak a graphic, but I don't have to make the graphic. Um, not booking every interview. Some interviews are booked for you, not shooting every interview. Some are shot for you, not editing every interview. Some are edited for you. Some are shorter pieces that someone else is going to do. So it just depends on what the assignment and task may be. But a lot of it is ideas that are self-generated and, and then you run with them. The, so, the school year. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. Cause I'm going to go to football. So go ahead. For you, okay. Um, the school year is still relatively young and you know, you're still getting your feet a little bit wet on this, not that you don't know what you're doing. No, um, I, I, there's a lot to learn, honestly. But that, that was what I was going to ask. Is, yep. Yeah, how is this kind of challenging you professionally? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I just think it's, in the past, if I'm doing a podcast or I'm doing a video, basically it's just been me. I think it is understanding the dynamics of working in such a large athletic department on a day-to-day -day basis, um, prioritizing, understanding what other people are prioritizing, how to work collaboratively, how to work collaboratively. Um, you know, like, like any job, there are hurdles, there are challenges, there are obstacles. Uh, other people may have different goals or different visions. How do you marry those goals and visions together and try to get to where you want to be? Um, it's not just grabbing a camera or grabbing a recorder and going out and do something. You know, there are meetings to attend. There's content planning meetings. There's uh, other all staff meetings to go to. So I think just learning those dynamics, you know, probably the best way to say it is learning politics of your position, um, how to navigate that. That's, that's the challenge that, that there is now. And I think, um, you know, you're not always going to please everybody. I, I'm a perfectionist, always have been. So work long hours. I want everything to be great, but also trying to find a balance for me that you're not going to always be able to do everything perfect. You're not going to have time to do everything you want. Um, that's probably the steepest learning curve for me. So it's not just grabbing a microphone and walking out on the sidelines at Ross Aid Stadium Thursday night. Can you kind of give us a sense of what the, the the process looks like before and after that piece of it, which I think I understand, right, in terms of, of yep. during the game. Before and after, what does it look like and what will your schedule be like coming into this week? Yeah, so I'll game? take you through what our, our plan is on a week-to-week -week basis. On Mondays, 
we're going to go out to the practice fields and interview an assistant coach to spotlight a current student athlete on the team player who in future weeks had a really good week last week. And that will go out on Tuesdays. Then on Tuesdays, we're going to shoot a short 60 second interview showcasing a player's personality on Wednesday. I'm going to post the countdown to kickoff that highlights some of the key stories going into the game. Um, on Thursday, we'll, We'll have a podcast that goes out for Let's Go State. We'll have an unrivaled football podcast that goes out. And this is just football. Meanwhile, we're trying to juggle the responsibilities of covering all the other sports. Um, but we came up with a content plan. And that's just my responsibility, obviously. Social and strategic communications and video and creative services. They'll add to this as well. Um, but I'm trying to do one piece of content on a game week per day during the week leading up to what you'll have on Saturday. So with Purdue being on Thursday this week, Wednesday, you know, what can we do that's exclusive? Well, we're going to do an interview with Coach Franklin at the hotel. Who else has access to Coach Franklin at the hotel? We're going to do an interview with PJ Mustafer at the hotel on Wednesday. Just peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, what is the preparation? What is the mindset 24 hours before you're going to kick off? You just get out of production meetings with Fox's crew and Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt and Jenny Taft. And hopefully we can grab either Gus, Joel, or Jenny. And what, what were your takeaways? What, what was your biggest thing that you learned in the production meeting? And how are you excited? You know, this is a Thursday primetime game to kick this off. What, why are these two teams, the right teams in this spot um, to acquire for Joe Buck, right? They were part of the Joe Buck trade for this game to move on over to Fox. Um, why would, why was this the game? What makes this game unique and exciting for you? And I think that's another thing that we have access to. Um, so that's kind of the lead up to the game. Um, Thursday, want to get to the stadium and walk down the tunnel. I have not been to a game at Ross Age Stadium, been to Purdue way too often. Um, sorry, Steve. Um, been to Purdue way too often. And I want to take the fans. When they walk out of the locker room, what are the players seeing? How far is the walk? What does the walk look like down to the field? Um, when the team arrives, let's shoot something real quick when they get off the bus. Um, and all of that is going to, and this is a road game, home game, we'll probably be able to do a little bit more because we'll just have more hands on deck. Um, but then throw on the headset and do the pregame show with Steve, Jack, Roger, and Bob during the game, do radio the second the game is over, throw that headset off. I'll set up my postgame show probably at halftime or pregame at some point with my laptop camera, unfold that really quick, um, set that up, and then 10 minutes later, we'll be going on the air and have coach live immediately after the game. Uh, and then I'll take that post post game show and take the two best interviews and repurpose them. So you don't have to watch the whole post game show and cut the interviews and post them to our website as well. And hopefully uh, I have something else to, to generate on the, on the ride home and the flight home. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the plan. I think that's the best way to explain it. It's, it's a lot, but it's it fun. fun. It's fun. What is your biggest on game day, football game day, and, I, and from listening to you, there's 90% of the job isn't that, obviously, in, in many ways. Is weather your biggest concern? Or yes. what is your biggest, okay. Yes. I, it honestly wasn't that bad at Michigan State in the snow last year. It was cold, but it wasn't that bad. If it rains, it's, you're just miserable all day long. Um, but technology is too, like we're relying on Purdue to set us up with an ethernet line, gonna have a hotspot as a backup plan but fans are expecting this post-game show. So we better get the post-game show on the air. And there's not a whole, when you're on the road, like the road is scary because there's not a whole lot of support when you're there. You just, you go and, and you do it. If you're at home, you can get IT, so many other people that, that are there to help you. Purdue, especially depending on the result of the game, I, I would assume, you know, they're not going to be bending over backwards to help Penn State do their 15-minute live post-game show after the game. So, no, I don't want my stuff to get soaked, and I want it to work. So those would be the, the two biggest things that I worry about on a game day. <laughs> Brian, oh, and I want you... them to win, too. Like, I want them to win. <laughs> that makes your life a lot easier, I have to imagine. <laughs> it, it's funny. It's funny, though. Like, you say that being around the teams and the coaches and, and being, you know, rooting for Penn State my whole life, there are times where I'll get nervous on air but people might think, oh, he's nervous. He's going to screw up the call at the end. I'm not nervous. I'm going to screw up the call at the end. I'm nervous the team's going to lose. Like, that's for me. It's nerve-wracking. <laughs> but it's, it's honestly is. Like, to keep your emotions in check and your heart rate down, and 
you can't worry about the result or it's going to impact if you're a fan, like as a fan, Darian, I've seen you post your heart rates during Stanley Cup mm-hmm. playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, as if like, imagine doing that and trying to broadcast the game at the same time. That's how it is. And, and it does impact your performance because you're invested so heavily in the game as a, with rooting interest. Um, that's the only time I get nervous. It, it's more the result. And then that causes my brain to go, in all sorts of different directions and, and could impact the performance sometimes. <laughs> I have specifically stopped texting you during games and waited for you to text me during games because I don't want to distract you because I know how nervous you, you get and, and mix it in with your perfectionist perfectionism. It's a, it's a great cocktail. Well, I know you go to every game, so it might just be the service too, depending on where we're at. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> perfectionism. Um, yeah, that's a that's a technical term. Okay, second. Yeah. So this is a perfectionist ism podcast. Yes, yes, that is that is our slogan around here. Um <laughs> you you mentioned the team that you work with on, on game days. Um, you know, Steve, Jack, Roger. But you also mentioned Bob. Um, could you talk about Bob and, and kind of who who is Bob Taylor and why is he so important to Penn State athletics? I don't think people realize. Besides being one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Yeah, he's great um, because he will do anything possible. And I think it's probably more for Learfield and Penn State sports properties necessarily than athletics, but he'll go out of his way to make sure everything for athletics works good from a radio side. But he is the radio engineer for Penn State sports properties and Learfield in charge of the Penn State sports network broadcasts for football, men's basketball, really women's basketball, hockey, baseball, anything we put out, you know, he kind of has his hands on, but he's directly on site for football and most men's basketball games. And he and Roger go to the stadium on Friday, set everything up. They go to the stadium four hours, five hours before kickoff, way before uh, the rest of us get there. Um, And they make sure it sounds great. And if there's troubleshooting to do, he's the one that does it. Roger does it too. Um, Yeah. Without them, fans would not be able to enjoy the games, those that still do. Uh, the audio broadcast, I hate calling it radio now because it's more like an audio broadcast and everyone listens on an app, uh, TuneIn app, Varsity Network app, um, you know, or satellite radio. Uh, obviously, I think radio still has a pretty large audience for Penn State football across the state, but I know a lot of the streaming numbers are, are really, really good. Um, so I prefer to call it probably an audio broadcast now than than radio broadcast. But that I digress, so I apologize. Perfection, you're good. Um, that I mean, you you guys have been together. I know you're you're the newcomer kind of on that team, but you know Roger, Jack, and and Steve have been together since I was a kid, basically. You know what is that dynamic like? I mean, those a lot of fun fun times on the road with those guys? Well, we do go out to dinner every Friday night, well, Wednesday, but every Friday night before the Saturday game. And just to hear some of the stories. And I think this is year, they started in 2001 together, right? So this would be year 22, 23, Steve and Jack calling the games together. And Steve was a part of the sports network, you know, for basketball for over 40 years. And even when he was doing basketball, he's had, um, Often he was, you know, in a sideline role or pregame, postgame, halftime host, uh, you know, the third man in the booth for a long time with whoever was was a part of the play-by-play in color, very often Fran Fisher and George Paterno. Um, so he's seen it all. And to hear their stories, uh, we talk about the game a lot, what we expect to happen the next day. And there are a lot of conversations that are not about Penn State football, believe it or not. And, you know, it's, it's a wide range of people like what does brian trip 33 years old from nazareth pennsylvania have in common with steve jones right middle-aged from 60s i don't know is that middle-aged i'm not sure early 60s from enfield connecticut (laughs) and jack ham hall of fame linebacker from johnstown pennsylvania and played for the pittsburgh steelers and every hall of fame you could possibly list like what do we really have in common? And I guess it's Penn state football, but like, it's a, it's a pretty unique group and, and it's fun. Like we, we really do have fun working together. I think you can tell that on the air, 
I hope our rapport is really good. And I hope we come across not only as people who really know what we're talking about, about the games, but have fun doing it. Uh, I think that's really important, but I think that all starts with getting to know each other beforehand. And um, yeah, really like everyone on our crew, we're really lucky. There are no right. egos. I don't, I doubt, I don't, I don't, I don't think there are. Um, all right, let's get into it. I know you, you're, you're a busy man and you've got a lot of on your plate, but what do you expect from this Thursday game? And more importantly, this Penn state football season. Well, I think it's always tough when you're going on the road and the type of environment they're going to go into. I think this is where it really benefits Penn state having Sean Clifford as their quarterback, right? He's been around the block. He's experienced. He's played in big venues. Um, so I think number one, having his experience is really, really important early in the season, especially I couldn't imagine going with a first time starter to Purdue. Uh, everyone knows what they, you know, they're giant slayers, like what they did last year against Iowa and Michigan state and, and to Ohio state a couple of years ago in that building with that crowd, it, it's a tough place to play. Um, so there was a little bit of history there with what they've been able to do. So I think it's really important to have a guy who's been around as often this will be start number 34 in Sean Clifford's career, uh, 39 games now as a quarterback at Penn state. Uh, you can't, you can't replicate that type of experience. So I think that's, that's really important, but I think it's going to be a tough, I think it's gonna be a tough game. Look, Purdue finished last year, really, really strong. And O'Connell came on their quarterback and he's the same boat as Clifford, but they, they did lose, their top receiver. They have a lot of transfers coming in. Um, so I think the big story for them is where are they at with all these new pieces? How do they mesh together, at least offensively with the quarterback? And they didn't run the ball at all last year. So if you're looking at their strength, which is the passing game, you know, I really feel like the strength of Penn State, I think they have a couple strengths, um, but defensively particular is their secondary. And then couple that with what they can do on the defensive line. So I actually like the matchup. I think Penn State's defensive line matches up well against Purdue's offensive line. And if you have a really good defensive line and a really good secondary, that's usually bad news for a team that likes to pass the ball. And I'll take Penn State's strength in that department with Joey Porter, with Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy, and then the safeties, Jair Brown, plus the other three guys who, who maybe don't get the recognition yet that Brown does. Um, with Keaton Ellis, Jalen Reed, and Zicky Wheatley. Uh, I really like the matchup. I think they're really deep on the D-line, Penn State. Um, I'm excited to see what Adisa Isaac looks like coming off an injury. Um, you know, he can be a difference maker. Chop Robinson can be a difference maker. Nick Tarburton's played a lot of football at Penn State and had some pretty good games last year. And then you start to see some of the younger guys. Deny Dennis Sutton does – Smith Vilbert carry over what he did in the bowl game last season. Uh, Mustafer back at defensive tackle. That defensive tackle rotation, they're really like six deep there. So early in the year, if it's warm, which I think it's supposed to be fairly warm on Thursday, probably 70s during the game, um, probably don't see as much cramping at night than you would during the day, like when you're going to go down to Auburn at 3.30. But the depth that they have at defensive line and in the secondary at corner and safety, uh, I think that matches up really, really well against Purdue. So I'm excited. I, I think they're a little bit, I think they're hungry, not a little bit hungry. They are hungry. I think they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, I think they want to prove that they're the team that was unbeaten and dominating Iowa last season and before Sean Clifford got hurt, as opposed to the team um, that finished that game and played against Illinois. And, you know, I think as the year went on, they gave Ohio State best game outside of Michigan than anyone did. And they play Ohio state tough every year. They were in that game with Michigan and Michigan was a playoff team. So um, I think they want to prove what team they thought they had last year. And with so many guys coming back, prove what team they are this year, uh, obviously unranked, but I don't expect that to last very long. I think they're gonna be pretty darn good. You mentioned atmosphere. I'm just curious and not to backtrack a little bit. Where's, where's the loudest place you've worked on the sideline at in the, in the years you've been in football or the most intimidating place? I think, Besides Penn, Penn State's the loudest in the whiteout game. Um, Iowa, they're right on top of you. That was last year. That was pretty intense, and it was really loud uh, when they were backed up. The one end zone when they renovated the stadium, they kind of closed it off a little bit more. It's steeper. They have suites and it's a couple decks, um, and that was the end where Penn State was having trouble snapping the ball. It seemed like they were pinned down there by Iowa's punter. Their punter, Iowa's punter last year, did not get enough credit for his performance that game. 
they were pinned every time inside the not not the 20 not the 15 not the 10 they were back inside the five um that was really really loud and those bleachers are five ten feet it feels like right off the sideline and, and they are breathing down your neck uh that that was tough that was really tough ohio state's big it's loud um but Iowa was definitely more intimidating than Ohio State. Uh, no doubt about that. I've been to Kinnick uh, two times now, I think. Yeah, two times. And every time somebody's like, what's the loudest Big Ten stadium you've been to? And I, I say, it's Kinnick. The, the flabbergasted look I get. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I think some of it is, number one, that's all they have in Iowa. That's, it's, I mean, they kind of have the Cubs, but they really, they really only have Iowa football. There go the Iowa listeners. it's a very tight stadium you really there's it's not loud. a bad seat in that stadium yeah oh, it's awesome. you're right on top of it yeah yeah i think it's awesome there michigan state's similar um but obviously playing them at the end of the year in a driving snowstorm didn't really get to experience that as much um but i'd say <laughs> michigan state's constructed kind of similar yeah yeah, and Michigan time, State. And what, last time you it, were at Michigan State, Darian had a five-hour lightning delay. Well, no, last time I was there was the snow game last oh. year, and then the time before that was then the lightning game. Yes, so that was that was not great. It was not yeah, enjoyable. That, there's a lot of bad, a lot of bad mojo at that place right now. Yeah, it's it. it uh, I next time I go, I think I'm going to take like sage with me and start to just light it as I walk in, and you know, <laughs> kind of maybe sage the whole place. Steve, do you have anything else for, for Mr. Trevor? No, I think he needs his rest. My God, I didn't think I didn't know it was that much. Yeah, he's, then, his voice, he's got to save those vocal cords. Well, I want to no. ask where dinner's at Wednesday night, but I don't want to violate confidences, so I'll just have to figure that out on my own. East End so, Grill. So. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, I won't tell that the second part of this story, but East End Grill. Um, no, my voice is good. I, I, I prepped, you know, Last week, I did a volleyball match on Friday night, volleyball match on Saturday morning, then drove to Altoona and did the longest, and let me tell you, the longest high school football game I have ever done in my life uh, on Saturday evening, three hours and 12 minutes of high school football. Uh, Great game. Wow. Central Martinsburg, Central Scarlet Dragons. They uh, won the state baseball championship. They're in the state semifinals last year. Quarterback threw 57 touchdowns, four interceptions the year before, state player of the year. And then Bishop Guilfoyle, which won the Class A state championship. It was a great game, 21-20, you know. But cramping, injuries, uh, 20 penalties, both bands playing at halftime, waiting for the teams to come back out and warm up. Three hours and 12 minutes for a high school football game. Uh, there's no way a high school game should go longer than an NFL game. And I know it was on TV, but uh-huh. we only have two commercial breaks per, per quarter. It, <laughs> it, it was it, it was such a great matchup. But the game, like anytime you thought, oh, this is going to get good. There, like the momentum just evaporated. And credit, the fans were into it. But by the end of the game, I'm looking at the guy, Rick Hall, who I do the games with. I'm just like, is this... And I want, it was, it was, it came down to the last drive of the game. You, you almost felt like, is this going to end? <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. 316 is a long, long time. game. It's a long game. It's a long game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but hey, college, uh, you've got a lot of stuff game. to plug. Well, that's true. Yeah. I'm sure Saturday. Hopefully, I have a 6 a.m. flight on Friday morning. So I'm hoping the game will be over in time. Out of Indy? Um, we can fly direct for this one. Southwest. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Well, now we'll I, wait for I'm that. Now he's, he's driving back to Indianapolis for a six o'clock flight. Yeah. Now I'm mad. Um, I'm sure you've got a lot of stuff to plug, but what are the main things you would like to plug right now? Have you looked at my hair? Well, that. I mean. Oh, <laughs> uh, we don't have drums. Make sure you have either. sunscreen. That was nice. That's good. That's good. Brian Tripp is, is is fading. Let's just put it that way. Well, there. I I um I'm surprised. Did you read? And I really should go after this. But did you read Joe Buck got hair plugs again after the infamous incident? Oh, he did. Done. He did. For a while, he he wasn't. But I guess now that he's you know 
he was highly prized prospect for the Purdue Penn State game and to trade Joe Buck for it. Um, now he's at ESPN. He's he's back in the game. <laughs> so hopefully his voice voice is good for Monday Night Football. Uh, no, I I would just like to plug our broadcast to the game. Um, you can listen to us on the air starting an hour and a half prior to kickoff. That is six thirty. Uh, Purdue is in the Eastern time zone. So if you're going to the game, make sure you're there on time. Um, but 6.30, we're on the air. And you can listen on the Penn State Sports Network statewide, uh, even beyond state lines, New York, New Jersey, and Maryland, maybe maybe Ohio, maybe West Virginia, maybe Delaware. We have affiliates, but a lot of affiliates. But, of course, the TuneIn app and on go psusports.com. That's how you can listen to our broadcast and then go to Penn State's social media channels after the game so you can watch our unrivaled post-game show. There you nice have it. Job. Well done. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Tripp. This was, a, this was an honor as always. Well, I'm privileged to have been asked back after my last appearance, so thank you. Oh, like maybe... We'll start doing like the SNL thing. Like once you get to I five, we'll like send you a jacket. I want to figure out what, what the gift yeah. is exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll be waiting for it. Okay. You're welcome uh, back anytime. Would you like my Venmo? Would you like my Venmo? I think I have it. I think I've Venmoed you a couple times. You know what? You know what is great? And I will shut up after this. It's fine. You're fine. To go through, like no one actually to look at like a, just the Venmo feed of what all the people oh, who are in contact with Rolodex are doing. That's one of the great, like, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, and you know that half of those transactions aren't really what those emojis mean, but it's yeah. still funny to, to assume. Steve's over here like, what's Venmo? Let me write exactly. you a check. I, I sent it to my kids, you know, and that's it. Right, exactly. All right. You can, you can see what your kids are spending their money on if you go on and and look if you want to know but see i'm past that point <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you guys really appreciate it it was always it's always a pleasure thanks brian thanks brian steve i think the biggest thing that i take away every time i have a conversation with him is like i said before how hard he works like he is so passionate about what he does and it comes through in anything that he does and produces. And I think that's one of the reasons that he got this job. I think that's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed him, you know, all of his work, um, not just because we're friends. Um, I, I think anybody that knows anything about sports media would, would watch a demo reel from Brian Tripp and know that he is extremely talented. And prepared. I mean, he went chapter and verse on football, which, you know, he should be doing, but I think he could have gone chapter and verse on pick any fall sport that he's dealt with. Or, or details about a coach that he's dealt with. And I think that's what's going to make that position even stronger under him. He's had good predecessors, but I think Brian gives them a comfort level, gives Penn State a comfort level to do things like the pregame show for volleyball that he mentioned last weekend or some other things that they'll try just because of the perfectionist nature and the personable nature. Like, I mean, we talked about perfectionism, but I, I, I think his personality, his approachability, his obvious concern and interest in the people he's dealing with makes him strong. And, and people get that from Penn State side, the coaches and student athletes, and it, and it makes the content better that he produces as a result. Yeah, I think that's that's really what it is for me. His personality is one of the reasons why I've stayed close, close friends with him and, and really you know, have always enjoyed what he does. Um, I'm gonna talk about the game, excited? Oh, you're on mute. Hold on. He's on mute. Can't wait. He's... Interested to see them, see the game in person. I think Brian's right when he hinted, hinted at them being a good team, uh, Penn State being a good team. I, I guess I would be shocked if they lost. Um, I appreciate what people say about playing in places and atmosphere and whatever else, but I think this is a game that Penn State out-talents Purdue in um, and and should win. And if they don't, then there's, there's probably some big concerns, but I think they win. And, and we talked a couple weeks ago. I think they got nine wins not easily, but they should win nine games. And then you, you see if they're how much better than that they are as the season progresses, but they start with the win Thursday night in West Lafayette, I think. I think for me, I think the biggest thing is they they have to foot on the gas, like heavy foot on the gas. And, and I think sometimes that can 
happen during Penn State football season and it works out pretty well. And sometimes when it doesn't, you notice. And then later on, like last year, where maybe not last year, last year was a bad example, maybe like a couple years ago. And they have good games and they win, but they don't really look impressive and don't really have the pedal to the metal. I think it shows up, you know, maybe a, a Michigan state loss here or there type thing. And I think for me, I I think it is so relaxing to have Sean Clifford being the starting quarterback on Thursday night. Then other than any, like there's nobody else that I'd want right now. Like I, I don't care how good Drew Lar is. I don't care if Christian Bayer is good. Uh, I don't care if Bo is good. If you said who do you want to be the quarterback Thursday night in a, it's an uncomfortable environment. I don't, I don't want to speak down and sound like that fan, but it's it's an uncomfortable environment. Uh, it's not a tough environment. Just because it's 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 a it's a weird environment because there's not a lot of energy in that stadium. Um, so to have somebody that's been to the, one of those types of stadiums in the Big Ten is is really going to help. Um, is really going to help. Yeah, I think uh, that's true. And and I think when you talk about a little bit about mindset or continuing, as Brian talked about, um, you know, continuing through a season, I think I think Manny Diaz is a defensive coordinator is a different, just another a different dude, a different guy to influence the team's mindset. Forget what he does X's and O's and who plays on defense. I think there's another proven person, an experienced person to help shake up things, change the mojo, challenge people that just might be different this year and affects the team's mindset in terms of proving who they are and who they want to be. Yeah, I, I, I think to me, like the, the defense is not necessarily that much of a question. I think the defensive line is going to be good. And I think the secondary is going to be good. And I think they're going to plan around that. I don't, I think the linebacker spot isn't maybe LBU level, but it can get there. So I feel comfortable there. The offensive line is what worries me. I think every Penn state fan right now is worried about that. I think that's kind of the big question mark. Um, but who knows, you know, if you've got the talent there, which it seems like they have a decent chunk of it to, on the players that hold the ball, hopefully they can kind of hide, uh, you know, overcome some of those, those deficits. And I don't know, I, you have started to convince me. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with saying nine wins now. And, and as some people have talked me into, I could dabble in 10 and there are some people that are like, oh, five and seven. And you know who you are. Cause some of you listen to this podcast. Don't be so negative. Don't be Steve. Even Steve thinks there's going to be nine wins. So there you go. There you go. All right, Steve. I have this week's old guy, young guy. It's going to be quick. I just want to see. Uh, you're you're not prepared. You're stressed. Okay. Okay. Cool. No, you're stressed. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, he, yeah. Steve. How many of these artists have you heard of? These are the video of the year nominees. And I feel like you will you will get one. Two, how many are there? Five. Seven, seven. Okay. Steve, have you heard of Taylor Swift? That's one. Okay, that's one. Steve, have you heard of old uh, Ed Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran. Okay. Harry Styles. Three. Oh, I'm winning now. Oh, oh. Olivia Rodrigo. No, I'm probably cheating. No, no. I don't think so. No. Okay. Little Nas X. Oh yeah, four. Okay, all right. Wow, I'm I'm happy you got Little Nas X. Um, Drake. I'm five. Okay. And what about Doja Cat? Six. Oh wow, Doja Cat! I was not expecting you to get that. Heard of? Cat. Sure, yeah, that's good. Okay. Right. Last one. Is and the last one was Jack Harlow. Oh uh, no, probably not. So six, okay, six out of or five. That's, out of seven, that's, that was much better than you you did. Or I thought you were going to do. Um, now, which one do you think was the video of the year? Do you want me to give you, or who won video of the year? Would you like me to give you the song songs? No, because that won't help. Um, okay. That was your cat. Nope. It was Taylor Swift. It was the all too well 10 minute oh, wow. version. Yeah, if you'd have told me that, then I'd have known, but that's okay. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. On the best new artist, I've only heard of 
one of these artists. Maybe two. Yeah, I'm sure there would be a zero. But, for me uh, so, but you, I'm surprised by what I did with the, with the video of the years. So there we go. I'm surprised that they still do the VMAs. Um, did you know that they still do the VMAs? Have you, when's the last time you watched a music video? Oh, probably. Oh, no, this past weekend, I want, I watched, I want my 80s again on the VH1. No, but, that doesn't count. Like, like, like new, actual, like a new music video. Did the CMT stuff count? Like current stuff from. Yeah, I'll give guys? you that one. I'll give you that one. Then, you know, probably in the past week. Do, do the CMT still do like the countdown they do, did with every Saturday morning? Yeah, they have like a top 30 they do. I don't know that I watch it a lot. I stopped watching it after they did the concert at Beaver Stadium and I was in the press room when they were doing the interview. They were trying to do the interview and I thought I was going to get to talk to Blake Shelton and they cleared the whole room. There was one there was one person in the room beside the production crew and it was me because I was covering the concert. They cleared the whole room to have the exclusivity for the show broadcast. And by that, then I was done. I'm like, that's just stupid. Like, what am I going to do for your hey, broadcast? you never know. You're, this is a... A lot of people listen to this podcast. They could have broke some news there. Uh, maybe, but I doubt it. All right. Um, anything else this week? No, safe travels. Looking forward to seeing you. Excited yes. for the season. Excellent. I think this will be cool. Can't wait to yes. get, the game, get some games started and see what happens. Yes. And wear white on the road, right? Of course. Of course. I got a, I got a new hat. It's not white. It's blue. But the my, my main attire will be white, naturally. I got a new um, thingy, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm wearing too. All right. Um, well, we've got a podcast. You just spent a lot of time listening to it. Thanks to Brian Tripp for joining it. Um, five stars, thumbs up, all of that on all your various platforms. Um, very important PSA if you made it this far in the show. The uh, the the screen phone screen rosters are out, and I know people will love those. So I've had multiple people. Say, like hey, and share. Um, and then other than that, our email stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at stuff summer says Steve's is at Steve Sampson. Other than that, we uh we got football to talk about next week too. So this is uh the best time of the year. Very cool. Bye. Enjoy it. We are see ya.